think there's a swarm of horse flies in this. Hey, everybody. Good to be with you. If you're uh, listening to us from America, boy, happy 4th of July. But you know what? There's some of you that aren't listening to us from America. I'm talking about you, Paris, France. To you, happy day. Welcome all to a common conversation about the future of food. That's what we're doing here at Matchcast, and we love it. Episode 15, begin! You're in the mountains. Right. You're in a garage. I am. I'm dead chipmunk. <laughs> I, I put it to rest. Wait, you, it's killed, fine now. you killed the chipmunk? I buried it in the trash can. You killed a chip. You sacrificed a chipmunk right before we started I did not kill recording. it. I found it. No, I nope, like that nope, dedication. Nope. This is like primal, ritualistic. Yep. Yeah. Don't so, interrupt my Natchcast. Look, I have some housekeeping. Okay, let's hear it. Guess who surfaced into my email inbox? Uh, hmm. Akak. Oh, okay. Okay. Akak, our probably most famous commenter on the website. Definitely our most prolific. He was with us. As long as we were posting to the website, we still vaguely post to the website. Here it is. Ready for the feedback? This is clearly in reference to episode 14, Kids and Cocaine, in which we talk about Suja. Are you ready? Yep. Hit me. Hey, fuck your HPP, smiley faces. That's it? That's it. So As if it's our HPP, fuck your HPP, or just fuck HPP in general, you think? Well, it's, it says our. I think he doesn't want us talking about HPP. No, it says your. It says fuck your HPP. He's not confusing if, HPP with HPV, is he? Because that's a common mistake. <laughs> no, I get the feeling Akak is an insider. He knows his HPP from an HPV. And let's hope he doesn't know HPV. So what? I don't, Probably knows of it. Right, but I'm saying like, let's hope he doesn't have an intimate relationship with it. Okay? He does. I'm sure he doesn't. He's, he's taking sure a lot that he of supplements. He's, he's, he's fully loaded on botanicals. Okay. And tinctures. Yeah, he can ward off anything. Okay. He's superhuman. Why doesn't he like HPP? Any any inkling or just fuck it? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Fuck uh, it because it's a trend? Yeah, maybe. Maybe he's just trying to and, – and textbook ACAC, instead of the U in F-U-C-K, it's a V. Mm. So maybe oh, that's so it's like just carved in marble. I like it. <laughs> right. Carved in marble. Yeah. I don't know why. That's all I got. All right. Well done, Akak. Are you ready for this? Feel free to elaborate, however, through Let's, whatever medium or channel you choose. Here, I'm not sure if the, uh, given our audio setup, this will get, this will pick up, but here, if it doesn't, I'll repeat it. Hold on. Chasm. Oh, did you hear that? Jism? Chasm. Chasm. Oh, chasm. Chasm. Official pronunciation now logged. Are okay. you ready for this? Here, here comes another one. Chism. Sism, not schism. Sism. It's schism. I think that thing's wrong. And I got a new one for you. How do you pronounce the word B A N A L? Banal. I know how. 
I know that's not how you pronounce it. But now. Oh, you've got every opportunity to just say banal and you're going to pass. I'm not going to. It's not banal. There's anal right. how do you, what? and there's banal. What? So, oh, banal. Let me see. Hold on. Banal. Oh, you nailed it. Good job, I got Josh. one. Ow! You, you got one. All right. I wanted to clear that up. Since so we I, wait, I've got a bit people. of housekeeping too here too. Uh, this is from JTT.org, just the tip. Uh, he pointed to a New York Times article that, oh shit. <laughs> well, when I reset my computer, I lost it. As me. prepared as ever. No, I mean, the deal is I'm almost there. Yeah, give me the deal. I want the deal. So paragraph three, he points to. This of article, what? I'm not going to. Paragraph di- three of what? <laughs> of the article that's loading in my browser. We oh, need to dig into this article because we've talked about it before. Maybe not this specific article, but it's Can the Bacteria in Your Gut Explain Your Mood by Peter Andre Smith. But the point he makes, he points to paragraph three uh, and to this little passage in particular, although I'll set it up a little bit. So so they're studying gut you're, health. Cr- you're cramming in an extra story. No, I, I swear this is almost over. Inside a closet-sized room at his lab that afternoon, Light hunched over to inspect the vials whose samples had been spun down in a centrifuge to a radiant golden broth. Oh, that is a great sentence. Yeah. And what but wow. the, I think what what just the tip is pointing to is radiant golden broth. He's equating broth so. to froth. So his well, I think tweet, he, it's a, it's a, a whole urine thing. That's all he's doing, right? Right, but he's saying broth is greater than froth. But oh. in context, this sounds like they're talking about some sort of an amazing piss. If you think of your, uh, what is it, vase deference? Or no, your urethra <laughs> as the centrifuge. Because you know, there, there are specific muscle sets at the tip of your, of your penis. The male kegels. Kegels. Well, no, kegels, kegels are deep. Kegels are at the root of your penis. Uh, you can't, I don't think you can kegel the tip of your penis, but there are muscles there that specific. Wait, there are male kegels for real. I was just making oh my a God. joke. You poor man. <laughs> yes, of course there are male kegels. I am kegling Sorry. right now, right now. Oh, still holding Jesus it. Christ. <sighs> oh, hold on. Me too. Hold on. Yeah. It's crucial. I mean, it's like a, oh, I'm still going. There you go. I'm going to do the whole cast. Yeah. Whole cast. Just no, think I mean, about that. If you kegel enough, I'm like, I'm if you, if you become fit and Fit as a fiddle with your kegling. Yeah. It's rumored that you can orgasm while holding back ejaculation, my friend. But the other thing to back know. Back to the Colton broth. Jesus. The other We're about thing to have to sponsors, Josh. Hey, there is not what, it, you know, if people can't deal with their own bodily functions, I can't help them. You got this right. And uh, there is a, there mind. are some muscles at the very tip of your penis that cause your your urine to spiral. So there's your centrifuge kind of, you know, a oh, sure. golden broth. Sure. All right. Healthy so. versus unhealthy stream. Yeah, this is this is ancient. Yeah, and what this doctor is doing is he's extracting data from poop. So I'm guessing that the female of our species doesn't really ever concern themselves with the healthiness of their stream. I think that I, I would guess that they do. They might not Hmm. I, I would assume, and this is an assumption, that they also have some sort of muscle set that creates a spiral, just because oh, you yeah, don't sure, but you don't want it main, spraying the, everywhere. But the monitoring of it. Oh well, yeah, you can't Mu- see it as, as easily. Much more difficult. That's my point, buddy. 
Yeah. Although if you're just squatting, like many people <laughs> in the world do, yeah. you know, you, you actually have a healthier ah, it's bowel another movement. Modern- if you Modern squat. American female. Pro- yeah, okay. I'm going to give you a life hack right now, actually. Impromptu life hack. Life hack. You, it's, you have a healthier, more complete bowel movement if you squat when you pee. So feel free sometimes. It doesn't have to be every time because it does make it harder to check your Instagram feed. But just put your feet on the, uh, on the toilet bowl, on the, on the little the seat. You just stand what? on it. You stand on it and then you squat. <laughs> As if you were camping oh, and enjoy. It's a f- not happening right now. <laughs> okay. You Moving do not. On. You do. Th- you do this. I've tried it just to see if it works. <laughs> You've tried it. You like a gargoyle. You get up and squat on your bowl. Sometimes, especially if you're experiencing <laughs> any sort of constipation or irregularity. Give it a try. Oh my. You're, Holy you're, crap. You're relying less Literally. on your muscles to push it out, and you're allowing gravity to do more of the work. So you're actually giving your body right. a rest. Just, I Life mean, that's, we got to, I'm going to simmer on that for a week and, and not try to think about it. My but, mind immediately, as, as, as a father of small children, as uh-huh. you are as well, sure. knowing full well that you're often interrupted in the bathroom, I'm just imagining like How an, innocent, an innocent three year old. Stumbling into the bathroom and seeing you, this grotesque adult male, cra- squatting in this aggressive crouch over the bowl instead of sitting quietly and comfortably on it. It's a matter of perspective, really. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's, they're looking up. They're looking up at you and you're, I mean, you're just contact above or, the bowl. Oh. I mean, it's potato, potato. What's more frightening? You're sitting on a hole or you're squatting over a hole? I don't, I don't see the well, difference. I, I, I think sitting on the hole is much less frightening. The thing that now, I don't like in, my kids seeing is walking in and seeing me like zoning out on my damn social media feed while I'm pooping. To me, that is lewd. That and is they're lewd. starting to resent it. I can tell. Yeah. I'll bet you that comes out later in life in various psychoanalysis. It does. Cause they just walk so, right in the bathroom. So that's not a very, various psychoanalysis in They'll be in therapy talking uh, if about. I said, if I think I said various psychoanalyses, that would have actually been correct. So Probably. therefore, that's what I just want to say. Why don't you get to our first story here, Josh? Terraforming Mars with GMOs and SMOs. There we go. This article, uh, we definitely want to live on Mars. Here's how we plan to tame the red planet by Chris Smith. Uh, and this is in uh, another publication I had not heard of called BGR. Um, B- yeah, what is that? I don't. I don't know. You want me to click and find out, or do should no, we? No, I let's don't. Just, let's power through. We'll come back next week. We'll get you BGR or sometime. No, we won't. Okay, sometime before now and the end, but between now and when Mars is terraformed, we'll make sure to learn a little bit more about BGR. I don't. We won't care. Uh, but the you know we've, the, we've cited them. We've done our pro move. Let's pro. get to it. The crux of this article is that uh, while we can't live on Mars now, it might be a good place for future generations. And how are they going to do it? You genetically engineer synthetic biology. You put shit up there that'll grow and give Mars an atmosphere. Huh? Pretty exciting, right? So the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency is working on doing that right now. They're creating organisms which would be capable of transforming Mars into a habitable planet that looks more like Earth than it does today. What do you think of that? With, so DARPA, that's like a big, scary X-Files type thing, uh-huh. but but also probably wonderful to have in our government because they're listening right now for sure. 
because they oh, don't see yeah. everything. Um, yeah, just rampant use of genetic engineering and synthetic biology. I mean, just like willy nilly. Yeah. I think, uh, which, you know, I don't know, man. I read that article and I'm kind of like, uh, I want to make, I want to, I want to be upset about this and worry about it and make sure you're in check. But at the same time, go for it. Go uh, for it. Yeah. I'm make saying, it happen. I need go somewhere to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, your, your great grandkids will need some place to go. Yeah. And, and what I, about this though? Listen to this. The same technology, this article says, could be used to repair some of the significantly damaged regions of earth and turn them into places hospitable for life. That's it, right? That gets a little scarier, I suppose, if you introduce some strange new mutated organism and then it has, you know, it does something it wasn't designed to do and just smothers us all in fucking algae. Well, what do you want? Mad Max Thunderdome? What's the new one called? (laughs) Fury Road. Fury Road. (laughs) Are you going to see that so we can have a real discussion about the Water Wars? That movie is amazing. Is Mel Gibson in it? Fuck no. Tom Hardy. One better, I'm dude. I'm not going. Dude, I'm not going. You do not know what you're missing. It is amazing. Oh, Charlize is in there. I'll go. She's great. Um, I normally, she, she kind of bugs me, but no, this is a great movie. Well, so, so what I read, what I took from that article was right now we're basically using uh, bacteria yeast for these synthetic biology projects to create foodstuffs and other things. And this lady at DARPA was like, I want to be able to use anything, any organism that exists. I want to have these rapid assay kits in the field to sequence stuff and know what the best one's going to be and create some organism on the fly. Yeah. Whoa. What the? But I like that. Because you know what I just saw? People aren't realizing that this is is actually kind of desperate. We don't see the desperation yet because we're not forced to deal with the real fallout. But we need to get moving on this like ASAP. So yeah, that's also odd that they would be. That you would think this is. Why would they be talking about this? I haven't thought about uh, this before our casting right now live. You know, there's a lot of shit going on at DARPA that probably no one ever knows about. Nope. Why did they? Why did they tease this one out a little bit? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, maybe because it ties into GMOs. I don't know why. Maybe they're well. It seems like a small goal for them to try to like add some support for GMO in the minds of consumers. They want, they, I don't know. That's maybe yeah. they got it. Maybe they got it teed up much more than we thought. And they're, they're doing some, well, maybe they want public support so that people won't maybe object money. To, yeah. yeah funding, so they can really funding. get going on this, but check this out. This is interesting. I, I went to the uh, Wikipedia page for Terraform. Just cause I was curious. Carl Sagan, yep. who we all know, right? He proposed the planetary engineering of Venus in an article published in the journal Science in 1961. Sagan imagined seeding the atmosphere of Venus with algae, which could convert or which would convert water, nitrogen, and carbon dioxide into organic compounds. As this process removed carbon dioxide from the atmosphere, the greenhouse effect would be reduced until surface temperatures dropped to comfortable levels. Booyah! Mm. Yeah, love Sagan. Oh, he's the man. And on the subject of Mars, you got a, you got a, your mind, I'm sure, immediately went to Total Recall. The, uh, well, the, wait, before you get there, real quick, I'm going to, this is a great opportunity. I'll do it on the website. I'll bake in, I'll embed the classic New Age Dad Jam, Pale Blue Dot. Oh, booyah. Yeah. Which, which is all about Sagan. Tribute Everybody go Carl check Sagan. it out. What a yeah. song. 
All about Carl Sagan and his uh, his love of Mary Jane. New Age Dad being one of the best bands ever to never have made it. Well, they're Move, they're moving. enjoying a renaissance thanks to this podcast. Moving on. A couple of dads, hint, hint. All right, go ahead. I interrupt, interrupted. That's fine. Total Recall. Do you remember that movie? The one with Arnold Schwarzenegger, not the remake? Yeah, I vaguely remember that. At the end, it turned out there was some... Right, big... Richard Dawkins, right? Richard Dawkins? Uh, I don't know. No, he, that, that's, that's Running Dick. Man. Philip K. Dick. That's that's the, what's the one? Richard Thin Bachman. Man? Richard Bachman no, is no, Running what's, Man. What's, 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 no, there's one with Richard Dawkins, which is a game. Isn't that, that's Arnold. It's Are you talking something, about, if you're thinking of the Running Man, that's a Richard Bachman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's a Richard that's Bachman. That's Stephen King's pen name. But that, Richard Dawkins of Family Feud is in it. He's like the oh, MCO. Oh. Okay, yeah. I thought you were talking about Richard Dawkins. Isn't, isn't there a physicist named Dawkins, too? Jump. Shit. Yeah, there's, there's a Richard Dawkins who is the world's leading atheist. Okay, no, but yeah, you're right. Authority, the, authority on atheism. The host and, of Family Feud is the host of this uh, dystopian game show. All right. But anyway, in Total Recall, at the end, uh, he finds that there's some sort of alien contraption on Mars that, if you activate it, it gives Mars an atmosphere. Uh, and it happens really quickly, a lot faster than it's likely to happen with terraforming. So, so Terra- what if we did the, uh, yeah, he, uh, <laughs> terraforming, if people don't know, is you turn something else into earth. That's yeah. all that means, right? Yeah. I don't, so I like it. I got to tell you, keep it out of the food, but go for it on this front. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. But do we keep it out of the food? This next qu- this next article You'd be fine if you ate the French mutant lamb by Danielle Venton begs that very question. Uh, this yes, is an article in Wired, uh, and it's about this crazy genetically modified uh, lamb. That named was, Emma uh, Road. Excuse me? Named Emma Road. I Emma love Road. the names. The mom's yeah. name was em- Emma Road, and the daughter's name was Ruby with an S at the end. Rubies. Rubies. Uh, and so this genetically modified sheep was engineered to glow with a, fl- a fluorescent protein encoded by a jellyfish gene. Uh, so the, the idea was to allow scientists at the uh, French National Institute for Agricultural Research to monitor stem cell transplants visually uh, that were intended to restore heart function. So Emerald, yeah, had a baby. Uh, Emerald. 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 Had a baby. Rubis. Ruby. 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 Unlike her mom, Ruby didn't make fluorescent green protein and wouldn't glow under ultraviolet light. But according to lab policy, she was step, she was supposed to be kept apart from non-altered lambs because uh, some of the some of the non-altered lambs at the research center were sold for meat. But some pissed off employee snuck Ruby yeah. out, and Ruby got into the food supply. A lot of the best. That's the best part of the story. Is that the anti-GMO fervor is so intense in France that there's like this counter uh, sect who says, fuck you, I'm taking this GMO lamb and I'm sneaking it into the food supply. I'll show you what's what. <laughs> and then I'm probably going to leak it to the press so that everybody knows that it happened. Yep. It's pretty yeah. amazing. Some, some enviro-terrorism or whatever you call it. Ooh, yeah, there you go. But here's what I like. Here's, here's something interesting in the article. Uh, now, this is a quote from Jim Murray. Geneticist Love and professor Jim. of animal science at the University of California, Davis. Oh, that is the spot. Is that not where you spent some time? You were a butcher or were you a student? I forget. <laughs> it's, 
No, I was – you are correct. The University of California at Davis, one of the country's leading ag schools, also happened to have a rich creative writing program that my wife attended. And while she was there, I did the experiential writerly life Plimpton. and also also worked as an apprentice butcher in a food co-op where I did a lot of salmon scaling and I cut up a lot of chickens and the best part of that job was that the salmon came right out of San Francisco Bay from a guy named George. Mm, mm, mm. That's so it, a food chain for you right there. Where's, the, where's your seminal work? Is there a novel that we can look for? Uh, you just, book you of just essays? Se- seminal. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's coming. Okay. That's, My seminal, seminal work is coming. do come, yes. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, Jim Murray, here's what he says. I'm glad to see some trans, transgenic animal finally made it into the food chain says Jim Murray. Uh, while the legal issue is real, he says, the safety one is not. DNA is safe to eat. Every meal you've ever had has probably held a mixture of DNA from many species. Quote, eat an apple and you, you're getting apple DNA. Excuse me. Quote, eat an apple and you're getting apple DNA, fungal DNA, bacterial DNA, and viral DNA. Yeah. End quote. So you digest all that DNA, break it into small pieces. It's completely component nucleotides, A, C, T, and G, uh, and reassemble them into your own DNA. There's no way. I don't like, I, I don't like it. No, <laughs> there's no way, it says, not that scientists have discovered anyway, for that DNA to incorporate itself into your genetic code or to trigger an allergic reaction. Woo! <laughs> Holy crap! How's Blew that? it wide open. We are pro-GMO. No. Official natural. No, no. I, okay. I was reading from Wired. I'm that. Those are not I my know. own views. Well, I it's it's a so I guess, but it's this isolationist break it down into these discrete compartments, which is the bane and boon of scientific rigor. Yeah. That that's not the all. That's not the only way to look at this, and that's why people as was I don't know if it was in this article or I clicked to it. Clicked to another article. People protesting GMO corn in France, these big demonstrations in front of the Eiffel Tower are quite dramatic. Eat an apple and you're getting apple DNA, fungal DNA, bacterial DNA, and viral DNA. But you're not getting Roundup DNA. Yeah, that's right. Murray. Uh. (laughs) So anyway, the battle rages on, right? Like, and I still, I think personally, I'm still thinking that we should err on the side of caution. And just yes. not ingest these things until we have a fuller understanding of what they might be doing. And at the same time, we should be heavily colonizing Mars with GMOs and SMOs so that we can live there quickly. And to that end, it's probably, I mean, avoid GMOs for the most part, but, you know, sneak a few in now and again. <laughs> it's good for your gut. Let your body acclimate just in case. Look at you. Here it is. There it is. The textbook. That's the Tyson diet right there. We need the- to turn that into like a thing. Speaking of the Tyson diet, uh-huh. let me give you a quick little taste of uh, salad of the week. Woo! All right, this week's salad. Uh, let's see. We went to a wedding. My family, my wife, my kids. We went to this wedding up outside Did of Steamboat re- Springs, Colorado, near the Wyoming border. No cell service, no Wi-Fi for four days. It was amazing. Yeah, I, yeah, I knew that. I <laughs> was trying to figure out when we Couldn't were doing this podcast. <laughs> Couldn't get a hold of me. Thought I was dead. Little, little warning. Just a quick note. (laughs) Came back, and in our home refrigerator, all we had was some uh, a box of power greens on the verge of veggie fartdom. 
some asparagus that was about to wilt and some leftover smoked bratwurst from our trip to the cabin. So wash those greens. I went through that entire box, handpicked out all the un, uh, mushy greens. Took me wow. about 30 minutes. Then I blanched the asparagus, threw it in ice water after a couple of minutes oh. of boiling water. Tossed oh. those together with some sliced fried bratwurst. Mm-mm, That's mm-mm. it? That was it. Dressing? That's this week's uh, Salad of the Week. <laughs> Wait, was there a dressing or no? Salad of the Week! Uh, I, was, I was letting the song finish. Um, <laughs> the dressing was up. Prematurely, you were letting the song finish because there's no dressing yet. You know, hey, uh, user's choice on the dressing. My wife went with a blue cheese. I went with a like a tomato Italian thingy. Okay, bottled. You didn't. You didn't scratch it. I didn't do the the uh, dressing from scratch this time. No. Okay. As I said, it was a a quickly composed salad of the week. But yet, it had some nice culinary touches to it. Bravo. It did. I used techniques that are reserved for much more sophisticated dishes, like blanching asparagus and then throwing it in an ice bath to. Halt the cooking process? Genius. Like Jacques Pepin and shit. I don't know if it's genius. All right. Moving Thanks on. Thanks for that. Hey, anytime. Hampton Creek goes to Washington. Uh, oh, do we no need like an, a marching audio cue? Yeah, I was, that's what I was thinking, but I don't know how often we'd use it. Politico, in their morning, this comes to me, us. Well, it came to me, and now I'm giving it to us and to all of you. Uh, from Robbie Vetrano, our coronet, esteemed coronet, coronet, uh, our esteemed guest from episode, I want to say 12, 13, 13. Nope. I think it's 12. 13 was Morgan from Hampton Creek, no less, who is quoted in this little news bit. Yeah. We got her uh, first Politico. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my uh, uh, so thanks, Robbie. Hampton Creek goes to Washington. This is Politico. Who compiles this daily briefing here? Jenny Hopkinson with help from Oh Helena Bottomiller Evich. I should know Helena Bottomiller Evich and Bill Thompson. Okay, good for you, Thompson, not Thompson. <laughs> Quote: Hampton Creek. The Bay Area startup that's made waves in the media for its eggless mayo. What are you doing right now? Sorry, is that coming through? I'm hearing it. Sorry, I was putting on my shoes. I'll stop. (laughs) (laughs) Which implies a shoeless podcast to date so far. Hampton Creek, the Bay Area startup that's made waves in the media for its eggless mayo and cookies, has hired Heather Podesta and Partners, a top lobbying shop in Washington. The fast-growing company plans to educate members on... I think they're quoting Morgan here. Innovative approach. No, no, this is quoting some disclosure documents. Innovative approaches to provide healthier, sustainable, and affordable food products, according to disclosure documents. So this is a uh, this is the hottest food company in the world, getting more like a big company and getting savvier and trying to affect change on a big scale. And I don't know. I'm ambivalent. How do you feel? How do you feel about it? I like it. I think this is new. This is the, see, this is uh, the overlaps are just insane between experience design and the food industry. Because oh, this is a company being nimble and agile and uh, 
<laughs> it really is. I mean, I, yeah, they're, well, they're, they're not, they're not, they're certainly not the first food company to lobby DC. I know, but they're small. They're and what has distinguished, the they're young. They're not they're wasting time. The hole. But they're what not, has distinguished the countercultural food reform movement often to a lot of criticism is that they aren't smart about lobbying DC and they have a lot of trouble getting policy to change. And I'm with you like, okay, so if that's the game, play the game. But there's some repercussions to stuff like this down the line. I think you got to be careful. There are always Um, repercussions. I guess my feeling is that I think a lot of big food companies and I don't have articles or data to back this up at present, but I think (laughs) a lot of the lobbying that you're likely seeing usual, Hey, this is a fresh point that I'm just, just came into my head now. Okay. You want me to derail yeah. things by looking around on the internet? No, no, but here's the deal, man. I'm, I'm give it to you. Like these, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> these bigger food companies, right? These giant corporations, I think are lobbying in Washington, uh, to different ends, right? They usually want oh, totally. to improve their bottom line. You no, know, they want or, to protect a broken, uh, system of incentives and poor health. So this is a little different. I mean, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I'm sure some of the things they're doing are to uh, bolster the the growth and strength of their company. But I mean, it, it seems mm. like. Excuse me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, you're. Yeah, I'm with you. But but as long as their mission is true, then the goals of their company are healthier, affordable food. Blah blah yeah. blah. And I like that they're they're not like some big goddamn battering ram. It's more like a stealthy little <laughs> stealthy little poison dart. Ooh. For now. Right, but fine. Like, I want to see how this works. I want to see them just silently, or not maybe silently, but surreptitiously kind of, whoop, here we are. We're super powerful. Well, I think it's a long game, which is we got to applaud people that are playing a long game instead of a quick quarterly profit game. Um, But it's an uphill struggle because the dollars are intense on the other side. But this is, you're right. This is another example of the way they've positioned this thing. It's not like an organic granola company showing up on Capitol Hill railing against big food. This is some other form of, of, of food entity. Kind of just kind of, I, I assume it's opening the channels of discussion, creating awareness among our elected officials, what they're up to, how it produces a better food system. And I guess you got to support that. But it's I another like way. Good. I was just going to say now that this it becomes and so you know I think this is years in the making, right? This isn't like next year you're going to find a bill to eliminate caged chickens uh, from the entire food supply because Hampton Creek convinced me. This is this is decades, uh, right? Yeah, but I mean, I think, and I, I'm. This is projection, but what I sense is that they are a smart, nimble company, and they're doing a pivot. And I think part of it comes from this this uh, bird flu epidemic that yep. that gave them a huge amount of momentum. Yep. So rather than just letting that add to their bottom line, I think they're trying to cash in on the momentum in another way, and maybe trying to affect some change. And it it seems like it's hopefully it's a little broader. It is like hey. I don't know what this bill would look like, but maybe it's some sort of bill saying like, hey, if there are forms of food that we're uh, cultivating right now that are just a huge fucking resource suck, maybe we need to find ways to tax them or do something to make them less desirable. You heard it here first. Good luck. You buy that Hampton Hampton Creek mayo, you save a bathtub full of water. 
again, I that that is a. I'm gonna advise. I'm gonna advise them against using that one a lot, like equating bathtubs full of water. Or find, find, yeah, find a find a better something that's the size point. of a bathtub. You know, <laughs> right, right. Well, maybe we can help. We'll ideate on that. We'll help you out there. I also, because right, I wouldn't we mind ra- taking a bath in mayonnaise. That's what I'm. That's what I'm <laughs> seeing. And bath water kind of gets dingy and white, like like, like watered down mayonnaise. Ugh. So I think what we're gonna do here. So two things I want to say before we get to our last parting um, grace note for this podcast. Yeah, we've only one, minutes. One, I'll have, to, I'll have to dig deeper, but I was looking somewhere at a Hampton... Oh, it was because of this. Earlier in this Politico uh, article, they talk about palm oil and how the government ban on trans fat could actually lead to people swapping out for palm oil more often and the conventional food players will probably buy the unsustainable palm oil and that's bad for orangutans. Various. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, well, let me wait a minute. This is, this is the whole world is full of compromises and tough decisions. Let's see if they've got palm oil in Hampton Creek mayonnaise. And they, I don't think they do, but then I saw somewhere that like you can buy Hampton Creek products with preservatives hmm. and that that's weird, right? That's kind of like, now I don't know enough about it. So I got to figure out if it's an all natural thing, if it's, uh, maybe they're, but you know what? I bet they're doing it for food service. If you want to stick, because they got that big thing going with Compass, mm-hmm. where all the mayonnaise in the world will be. You go up to one of those big pump things and s- squirt out some mayonnaise. I'll bet you maybe you need preservatives in there. I don't know, but that's another way that there's like compromises being made for a healthier solution that would not sit well with that hardcore natural crowd. So, well, I mean that crowd that's one point. Is We're going to keep left watching. Behind, if, in a well, sense. I think you're right. I mean, I'm worried about. I'm not worried about that, but I see that happening with the GMOs all about and compromise. the SMOs. It's moving fast, and the problems you know, are big. We need big thinking, big solution. It's all it's like a, a marriage, Mark. You and I know a successful marriage is about compromise. I am not married. A successful life partnership <laughs> right. is all about compromise, especially once my there's second critters point, in the picture. My second point. I don't think we is, have time for that second point. We got to go to goodbye, Graham. I'm going to be late for my acupuncture appointment. Okay, real quick. I want to start creating an artificial battle, which is a joke. But it does seem like Hampton Creek is emblematic of one approach to the future of food, which is welcoming of science and lab work and some conventional approaches to food like lobbying. Mm -hmm. And so on the other hand, you've got this unpack food, make it as clean as possible, only use ingredients that – your grandmother would know and that you can grow in your backyard. And I think let's make back to the roots, the emblem of that. And so you've got in the very, we'll talk about them more later, but they're a young food company. They're, you're, they're a young sustainability company that's gotten into food. They used to create stuff you could use to grow food. Now they're doing ready to eat stuff. A great cereal that they sent us. Thumbs up. Mm, I didn't We're get a chance talk to a- eat that. Thanks. Yeah, you sure didn't. It was too good. Three ingredients, the recipes on the back for exactly how to make it in case you wanted to. We're going to talk about those two. Those are, those are in my mind, and therefore for this podcast, if you agree, uh, those, are the, those are two sim- symbols of where food could go in the future. And they might be able to get along just fine. So, oh, oh, my head is spinning. What? Okay. I, I, I want to no, get – I got you. I got you. We're good. We'll, I want to get four acres. balance of those four things. Acre, simplicity four and acre, pragmatism. Four there you go. I want to get four acres slash four acre on here and like talk about that. Those two approaches to food. 
and just see what a, an independent third party, although he invested in Back to the Roots, but see what they think. Yeah, we can also ask right, them. Okay. I want to hear what they have to say about Kegling, too. Did they know about it? <laughs> it's good. The CEO of Annie's, you want to ask him about Kegling? He is a human being, right? He is a human male. Can we ask him if he's ever squatted? Let's go on to the last one, which is our goodbye, Graham, to you. I saw this and I was, I don't know. Do you know who Josh Anisco is? Josh Tyson? Uh, he founded a like cosmetic company or something like a natural Very cosmetics. Close. Am I close? Okay. You're close. Pangea, Pangea organics out of Boulder. Super continent. He is also, he is also a, uh, presence in Boulder, a man about town as it were. Okay. Um, so he's had a company for a while. It's made some pivots and, and every, a lot of people have been very interested in it, but what is this? Did you read this thing? I'm going to read this to oh, people. Yeah. Well, wait, a, let's, let's give out his wicked long Instagram handle. It's at Joshua Scott. How do you pronounce his last oh, name? Onisco? What do you? Onisco? Anisco. Anisco. At Joshua Scott Anisco on Instagram. O-N-Y-S-K-O. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now read it. This is, it was a, a little a video, a slow motion video of some hummingbirds kind of checking out yeah. the camera. Ooh, very evocative. Well, this is quite this is a powerful moment from jo- Joshua. Up, I, assume, I think he's got a cabin here called the Rusky Skillet. Rust, Rusky, Rusty Skillet. Curious female hummingbirds playing at the Rusty Skillet, June 2015. <clears throat> this is what I wish for you, this pe- people, this holiday weekend. We spend so much of our lives trying to learn how to make a living and so little time remembering to live. Huh? We spend so much time fighting against what others want, and yet we ourselves often don't know what it is that we want. We poison our beautiful minds with the fear of what has not yet happened, and we lose the preciousness of what is all around us right now. He's looking at the hummingbirds right now, you know? Mm -hmm. We are a culture that has created a way of living where we are walking to our destination and running from ourselves. We are not the story of our past. We are the writer of what is all around us. The heart is not a pump. It's what speaks when we are speechless. It's what listens when the truth is deafening. It's what allows us to understand when life gets too intense for our minds to lead. It's our compass when we lose our way. As we walk through this life, know that everything we see, everything we feel, every experience we have has a purpose. How we interpret each moment designs who we are. Your story is just beginning. It's lovely. And see, to me, that is about, <laughs> I, that's about compromise too. It's about finding balance between your cluttered mind and your uh, strained, old, shoulder-falling-off body. It's, it's, it's living in the moment, buddy. Half of me thinks this is a quote from Rumi or something, and I just don't know that. But if this is pure Joshua Scott Anisco, woo! Hey, even if it's deep. not, he's reading good books. He's going deep here, looking at the hummingbirds going deep. Yeah, and I, this this how we interpret each moment designs who we are. The the UX mag editor in me likes seeing the word designs there. The heart is not a pump. If you were a scientist, that shit's a pump. There's something more than that going on, right? Oh boy. Yeah. Good for you. Fly like a hummingbird. Feel your heart rate increase, and then tell me it's just a pump. Oh, bam! And we're out. Peace. Happy 4th of July. All right. I'm going to do a... uh, That's a cut.
Natchcast episode 15. Thanks for listening. All social media at Real Natch. www.natch.is. We are everywhere. New uh, new intro outro music this week. It's actually old, but it was recorded by New Age Dad in the very same fly infested room of rodent sacrifice that Mark recorded his audio in this week. Up in the mountains. All week. We should all be so lucky. Move slowly, like a hummingbird, into the night, into the night.